Welcome to the Mindful Career Transitions podcast. This is the show for you if you've had success in your current career, yet you feel like there must be a more fulfilling way to spend your day. Listen in as we share wisdom, tips and expertise on making a mindful transition to a meaningful career. Here's your host, Liesl Teversham. Hello and welcome back. I'm so grateful to be here today and introduce you to my awesome guest. I'd love to share a little bit about him before we have a fantastic magical conversation. I heard about Tom Evans around 2010, I think. I was listening to a series of interviews and I was absolutely intrigued by the story he shared about how he went from a completely left brain career to a much more right brain career and his journey through the transformation, if we can call it that, from believing that he hasn't a a creative bone in his body to doing absolutely 100% creative work today. So let me share with you a little bit about Tom and his background. He's an ex-BBC engineer who became an author unexpectedly in his late 40s. He now has 11 books to his name is the host of the Zone Show podcast and also the creator of Living Time Fully, which is the world's first time management program based on mindfulness. I can't wait to ask you about that, Tom. And his clients refer to him as the wizard of light bulb moments and as being a temporal alchemist. Welcome, Tom. It's such an honor to have you here. Oh, thank you. Thanks for for such a glowing introduction. Oh, it's just magical for me to speak with you because when I heard you the first time, 2010, I heard the magic in you and and that is what I would really love for it to, and I'm sure it is going to shine through today. So please, can you share with us about this journey that you've been on from left brain to right brain and that story that just intrigued me so much where you mentioned something about you thought you weren't creative and look at what you do today. Well, I guess, um, you know, like everybody, everybody thinks there's a, there's a book inside them. And in my experience now is that the thing that holds it back in most people is, is fear. And I guess I had the fear that, uh, you know, I wanted to write. I always wrote sales proposals and things like that. So I was quite creative in the engineering sense, if you know what I mean. So I have always been creative, but not in the classic sense of art, music, books and that kind of thing. And, uh, and so, I think what happened one day is I wrote this book as a favour to somebody. And because I was doing this this favour to somebody, I didn't really care if the book wasn't favourably received. And because I didn't have that fear, that allowed me to publish the book as this favour for this, this lady. She was a graphic designer and she wanted some words to... Um, to go with some graphics that she designed. And I saw, I saw the, the, the first book I wrote as being a book of... Um, of some, helping someone else out and because it wasn't for me that got around the fear uh, um, about writing and what happened was then the book kind of took off and people really liked the words and then I got into writing more and more words and found that people weren't out there to shoot me down or to ridicule me and they quite kind of liked what I was um, was was writing and I guess that the transition from left brain to right brain was that um, I didn't have I didn't know really about um, this what I now know is called um, lateralization of the brain function is that uh, we have got two minds. One sits in space and time and one sits outside space and time. The left brain sits in time and space and the right brain sits outside space and time. 
And when you get them working together, you seem to get into this lovely timeless state, which I call the zone. And I discovered the physiology, neurology and spirituality about how to get the left and right brains working together and get into this one on one plus three situation. I hope that's not too long and convoluted an answer. No, that is fantastic. It's absolutely fascinating. So I'm not sure about your I know that you have a scientific interest. So did, is that part of the work you did at the BBC? As a, were you a sound engineer, if I may ask? Or how, how did the science... I was a TV engineer. I was fascinated by the magic. This, you know, what we're doing now, which is uh, you're you're on one side of the planet and I'm on the other side of the planet, and right. we're speaking to each other. And how does this? How do my sound waves get picked up by a microphone? And how does my image get picked up by a camera? And then how can that be displayed on the other side of the planet? And I was fascinated by that magic when I was uh, at university. So I studied uh, video technology. Uh, I got a job as a camera technician at the BBC. So I was. Uh, it became an expert at uh, video imagery, and uh, and then I got a job at Sony. Sony headhunted me to be their head of camera technology for a few years, uh, and by the time I was in my mid twenties, um, I'd formed my own company, designing uh, products for cameras to make them go faster and uh, do wonderful magical things. So it's the magic of TV that attracted me. And then in my mid forties, when I wrote this book by accident and I got into this funny timeless state, I kind of wanted to reverse engineer. What had happened? How did I get this? Where did these words come from that I wasn't planning to write? How did I get into this state where time took this ethereal quality on? I got so much done in next to no time at all. And I started studying the magic of the mind. And so to do that, I'd, I'd pick up Scientific American and New Scientist, but I'd also be looking into esoteric uh, literature as well. And I discovered that some of the things that we're only just discovering now have been known for thousands of years. It's just that the the adepts and the sages and the mystics of thousands of years ago didn't have our science and our language and the, math- the mathematics that we have now to describe what is going on. And that also the insight, you know, the ability to look inside our heads with MRI scanners and discover the real function of left and right brains. Mm. Wow, that is just fascinating. And so what um, really drew my attention when you s- spoke is that it seems to me that it can happen so well. I don't know how often, but this podcast is all about mindful career transi- transitions. But sometimes we seem to stumble upon a new career almost by accident. And you and I both know there's no accidents, but it looks like an accident at the time. Mm. So, what's your what's your view on on sort of changing careers and accidents and being pointed in directions? And how how what have you found? Well, I guess for a good half of my life, I had a plan. You know, I had this career plan of uh, I'd um, I'd work and then earn some more money and have a pension and all this sort of stuff and get promoted and uh, and I got I had a pretty rapid career plan. Um, and so I guess until I was in my mid forties, I knew where I was going. I knew that I wanted to understand TV technology and become better and better at it. Be known for being a fantastic engineer. I was sought I was sought after worldwide you know people would uh, ask me to come out to uh, all sorts of places and do training courses on camera technology and, and that sort of stuff and then when in the early 90s when the internet started coming about I decided that uh, I really needed to research the internet to find out what that was about 
and also that bridge between classical broadcasting and TV and audio at the time in the early 90s, no one was thinking about YouTube or there was no bandwidth to have video and audio on the internet. But nowadays we you know, we take it for granted because we've all got fast, fast broadband. So basically that first half career was like uh, learn technology, you know, become a, a good technologist, earn some good money as well, uh, get, get a good life for myself. And then in my mid 40s, I got bored. I was really bored. I thought, well, there's got to be more to life than this. And I was quite stressed at the time. I'd just done my second, uh, sold my second business, um, being quite stressed for the whole thing. And the new book, the book I wrote came about um, on a holiday. I went on holiday and wrote the book by accident as this favor for this uh, graphic designer, as I mentioned. And when I got back and we published it, it just took me in a different direction. And what really happened was, as you probably know, there's a long tail in terms of getting royalties from books. But I had this plan that by the time I was 65, my royalties would become my pension. And that's pretty much getting there. I've got to say, you know, nine years in and 11 books later, the royalties are going up and up slowly. Um, And so I think I'll achieve that ambition uh, quite easily. But what I didn't expect was people was going to start approaching me saying, Tom, you've written a book. Can you help me write a book? And that's what really took me down a different career direction, because people would turn up uh, with a good idea for a book and not be able to complete it. They get stuck. They get what I, I discovered was called writer's block or creative blocks. And I had no tools to help them. So I went and studied as a hypnotherapist. I did some NLP. I did some past life regression work, you know, because I found out that sometimes the creative block um, goes way back in time and either in this life or you believe in them in, in past lives. So I became pretty good at getting people through any creative block and in every single case of a creative block, there was a life block underneath it. And I didn't realize at the time that was going to take me to doing the work I'm doing now, which is uh, just uh, healing people, basically healing uh, blockages from the past, not just uh, for authors, but anybody that's a bit stuck. My word, this is just amazing. So what I'm hearing is that we can almost seem to stumble onto something and that can lead to another thing and another thing. So if we keep the flow open and ourselves out of the way, um, then so much about ourselves can be shown and we can be taken on a wonderful magical carpet ride. Yeah, and more and more has been shown to me now. I I met a shaman a few years ago and she said to me, Tom, don't think about you turning up in life. Think about life arriving. And if you allow life to arrive, it brings such amazing riches to you. I had no idea I was going to be writing 11 books like this. I had no idea that I was going to run a podcast. I was no, no idea that, um, that the engineering mindset that I picked up uh, when I was at the BBC would be useful in understanding and decoding the mind. Uh, and not that I'm a neuroscientist. I'm not trained in, in, in that classical side of uh, of understanding neurology, but in terms of um, spirituality and being able to um, pick up thought forms and generate thought forms and and generate that lovely space where creativity flows. um, I had no idea that these were the things I'd be studying and teaching. Wow, I just love that because I think so often when, because I heard you say earlier that you were bored in your career and it was stressful and you didn't know what where things needed to go to, to to have a different life. And I think that so often happens for us when we're in a career where we're no longer fulfilled. It may have been very good for, for a while and it was inspiring in the beginning and then something happens and we lose interest or we're bored or it just stresses it out too much and often we just don't know 
where to start looking. So what I'm hearing from you is go with the signs or go with, with, with whatever is arriving for you. Yeah, and I didn't know that there was a, a job as a, an author's coach. You know, I didn't even know that that was a, a possibility. And so I became one by accident. And I didn't know that it was actually a quite a good thing to do when you're thinking about writing because uh, it keeps you inside the publishing industry while you're also publishing your own books. And obviously, it was, it was logical to me that if I was going to be um, a mentor and a coach to other people writing books, then one of the things I had to do was write my own books as well. So I understood the uh, the writing and the publication process, you know, and and, and I've published with uh, traditional publishers. I've published, uh, self-published, I've published with partner publishers. So I know about all the routes to market and having done it myself, then I could advise uh, people the pros and cons of each route. So uh, and it's been a lovely sort of hybrid career of being an author and also an author's uh, a mentor and but at the time when, when I thought that's going to be it now for the rest of my life I'm, I had no idea there was this other role for me as um, uh, you mentioned these terms that people call me the wizard of light bulb moments and the temporal alchemist these are all terms that other people have said by the way and just by by way of balance I have um, I've got one client that calls me Dumbledore um, <laughs> but but way, by way of balance my, my better half calls me Dobby the house elf at the weekend so uh, to keep things a bit real and grounded <laughs> There's a place for each of those roles in our lives, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so on that note, because I've thought about it in the beginning, I absolutely want to ask you, what is a temporal alchemist? Um, well, basically, alchemy is transmutation. So it's taking, let's say, classically lead and, and making it into gold, whether that's, that can be done or not is uh, I guess argumentative, but it's, it's transmuting an energy. So classically, what you might do is take a, a negative uh, thought form and transmute it into a positive thought form. You know, take the glass half empty and make it into a glass that's uh, half full. Um, and it's about and and I've, I've learned also to do other uh, transmutations that lead to real world results as well. And this is what people refer to as as magic. But temporal alchemy is playing with time. So when I was on my past life regression course. I spontaneously started to be able to see through time. I could see in people's auras their past lives and their future lives. I found out that um, uh, by accident, again, um, all these things didn't happen on holidays. I was on holiday in the Caribbean when I wrote my first book. I was in holiday in the Caribbean when I, I learned I could um, not just see through time, but I could see um, a damaged um, bit of someone's body and I could see it when it was fixed and I could get the bit of the body that was damaged to be replaced by the fixed bit uh, from the past. Um, and then this is this is sort of messing with time, temporal alchemy. I could also um, I could I found I could teach authors how to see the future so they can get words sent back from the future into the now, which is a great way of writing a book. You channel your future self who knows the words you haven't written yet. And the main thing I discovered is how to get into the state where time takes on this lovely squidgy quality so you get more things done in less time. So that's a temporal alchemist. It's somebody that uh, takes time, doesn't see it as linear and plays with it. Please, can I have some of that? <laughs> you can. I've got, I've got several online courses that teach people how to do it. I've got, and I've got, I've got loads of tools and resources uh, um, to, to help people do it. And it's great when you get into that state. And uh, what happens is the, not only do you save time because uh, in one hour you get maybe about three or four hours work done, but you generate an interruption barrier where people don't interrupt you until uh, the right time when you're finished. 
Um, and the other thing that happens is the, the right things just turn up at the right time. So I can write a book knowing that the publishing solution will be available for me uh, when I get to the end of it. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to get it out there, that the right way of getting it out there will appear. Wow. So it sounds like synchron it's like we orchestrate synchronicities. We don't know what's going to turn up, but we just hold the space for more of those to show up. Yeah, it takes trust. It takes just a little bit of trust yeah. and knowing your own path and also knowing to spot the signs of when you're doing the wrong thing. So if I get resistance in my life, it means that I'm either doing something wrong or I'm doing it at the wrong time uh, or I'm coming up to a fearful point where I need to get over a fear. So um, so spotting the signs and understanding why something will, what, what, what gets you on path and what signifies that you've fallen off your path. Hmm. And are those signs, would you say they are signs that are universal or are they more unique for every person? Oh, that's a that's a, an and both answer really. Yes. So, so yes, yes and yes. Um, so one of the great signs, by the way, is dreams. So you can ask for a sign in a dream and it will turn up. You put a, um, a, a note under your pillow before you fall asleep and you'll have a dream that will help you on that sign. You can ask for a sign when you're out for a walk. You know, I've got a couple of dogs and... I might ask for a sign, and sure enough, the sign will come uh, in something in nature. Sometimes it comes in the clouds. Sometimes it just comes in as a, a thought. Uh, often you might see an animal that might cross your path, like a, a deer or a fox or something like that, or a butterfly. So you get the answer in metaphor. So there are some universal um, uh, signs. And the, the other big one, of course, is when you get a repeated sign. So if you ask for... Um, Let's say I'll go back to publishing a book. You say, who should I publish my book with? If you know it's the same publisher uh, within a week, then that might be a good publisher for you. you know what I mean? mm. So there's so, those so sort of signs as well. But the, the, they are universal and they are uni they're individual too. Mm. I love that. So we can begin to lead a life. Um, you know this thing that we all want to do. We want to. We think we control things, which we really don't, but... There's a part of us that's scared when we think we're not controlling it. So I, I love what I'm hearing about. It sounds like living more in the flow and listening to the signs. And I just read a beautiful quote this morning that Gandhi said something about everything that happens in your life is your teacher. And if we can sit by the feet of this teacher and listen to what your life is teaching you, that, that sounds like this magic that shows up. That's a lovely, yeah, and a lovely way to see life is that we we experience it forward, but we actually live it backwards. And my first book, funnily enough, um, was a book of poetry about a woman that lives to 100, and it's played backwards. So it starts at 100 and goes back down to zero. And uh, the, the point being that, you know, if we knew what our life was in the future, we might change what we're doing right now. So the way to allow the perfect future to come your way is to get out of your own way and uh, allow, it to, uh, allow it to turn up and of course the big key to doing that is uh, is meditation getting in that meditative state because if your brain is transmitting it won't receive oh that makes so much sense that's a very very beautiful perspective um so the next thing i wanted to ask you was about your mindfulness time management training mm -hmm. not necessarily to to talk about how it's going to be delivered or anything, but do you have a few thoughts to share with us about, I mean, I'm sure it's probably the most difficult thing for people these days is to manage all the hundreds of things that we have on our plate within very limited time available. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Everyone could do with another day in a week or another hour in a day. Um, yeah. I think the first thing to remember about it is that, is that 
time we assume it's linear but it isn't and if you've ever been in a, in a doctor's waiting room and uh, the doctor's late and you've read all the magazines uh, then time seems to stretch out into eternity yet if you've got a busy weekend that busy weekend can fly by um, before you know it and, and so time is subjective and what we can do is we can get ourselves into a subjective state where for us individually, and you, this works in groups as well, in one-to-ones, you can stretch time, you can get things done in more, uh, more things done in less time. The key to it is counterintuitive, it's to take at least 10 minutes out every day to meditate. So when I first got introduced to meditation, because I was a stressed, bored IT consultant guy in my 40s, I, my first reaction was, well, one, I haven't got time to waste, so I haven't got that 10 minutes every day, I'm a busy guy. And two, that I could, there's no way I can make my mind go quiet um, because, you know, it was talking tens of a dozen. But I did um, find somebody that could teach me how to meditate and get into a deep meditative state. And I found on the days that I meditated, I got more things done. So if I took that 10 or 20 minutes out in the morning, I'd actually easily get it back. And that's the first key to live in a timeful uh, existence. And then... I discovered you could enter the meditative state with your eyes open and that's also fantastic and when you get into that state that's when you get into this lovely creative flow i discovered that um the, this idea that the left brain is logical and the right brain is is, is creative is an urban myth uh, but what neuroscientists had discovered was that uh, the left brain sits in space and time and the right brain sits outside space and time and there's a few exercises you can do with breathing techniques to get the left and right brain working together at the same time. I also mind map, and mind maps are great tools to get the left and right brain working at the same time. But then it gets weirder, because I then discovered that different parts of the body run to different time clocks. And you know, our gut mind, which uh, uh, our gut has got more neurons than a cat's brain, uh, runs five to 10 seconds ahead of time. So it runs ahead of our conscious awareness. And this has been discovered now by, by neuroscientists and MRI scanners. So when you get a gut feeling about something, an intuition, or you know that the, the phone is about to ring and who's on the other end of it, it's because your gut mind uh, is giving you that information. That's fascinating. A couple of years ago, I went on a course, Psyche, some modality that also works with the subconscious mind, and mm -hmm. they were talking then about this, uh, these scientific uh, proof things that they were doing, experiments, and um, finding that a person reacts to an image that they were still going to be shown a second or two yeah. ahead of time. So that just um, confirmed it for me. There is yeah, and if you think about it, yeah, you think about it. Our our eyes do the seeing, but the vision is detected in our in the back of our brains. You know, right. so we see in the back of our brains. So any neuron in our body uh, is capable about taking a sense impression in either from touch, smell, taste, hearing, or, um, or or sight. You know, because everything's holographically connected. So we can also inverted commas see in our gut, if you know what I mean. Oh, yes, it gets weirder and weirder and much more it interesting does. as we go down, the, what do we call it, the rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh, my word. I would love to ask if you've got any thoughts on a life calling, Tom. Um, I think so many of us these days, just it's like we have to work. We know we have to work. That's the way to earn money. We live physical lives. We need to support ourselves and our families. But then it can be drudgery. So... Many of us want to find that calling that is going to fulfill us and make the heart sing and have sparkly eyes at the end of the day. 
I think you have to let the life calling find you. Mm. Yeah, and I think the way to do that is to get into this meditative state, is to see signs and and um, and serendipities, but also to just put your head above the parapet and you know what to do what you love. You know, so if you if your life calling is you've always wanted to paint or you've always wanted to play an instrument, um, then go to a class and learn it. You know, because uh, the only reason um, I've written 11 books is because I wrote one book and then another book and another book. And I got better and better at writing uh, each book uh, and working also with other authors and, and reading other people's books. And if I read a book and I like it, I think, oh, I want to write a book like that. So you don't do it in one big step. Mm. But uh, if you want your life calling and you want to do what I've done, which is quite amazing, which is to uh, make a career out of doing something you love. Uh, and get paid for things that you love doing, then the way to do it is to is, is to go and learn the craft, you know, and uh, and work in an industry where the craft is being practiced. And it will you will pick it up, you'll pick up by osmosis. You may find that, let's say, um, in the book publication uh, industry, you know, there's jobs for editors, there's jobs for proofreaders, there's jobs for graphic designers, there's jobs for technicians to put interactive books together. And, uh, and so if you if you want to do something which is your dream, um, get involved with that industry uh, in some form or the other. If you want to be on stage and act, then then do the lighting or the sound or the set design. You know, just merge with that industry. And uh, and I've thrown away my to do list. I just run a to love list. You know, so and at the start mm. of every day, I say, well, what what do I want to do first now? What what's going to bring me the biggest joy? And then you find that the thing that brings you the biggest joy is um, the thing that brings the biggest joy to other people as well. Yes, I so love that you mentioned that um, because, oh, I read the other day that we, our happiness rubs off on people three levels of separation away. Wow. So, yes, I mean, that blew my mind because I did some, I produced courses on self-care and it's one of the things that people always think is yeah but it's selfish and they feel bad to take care of themselves and do things that make them happy and this absolute proven fact just blew my mind so what you just said is exactly that um the more the happier we are the more we make sure to do the things that really fill us with joy the happier the people around us will be as well it's a fact yeah, it's like that, that metaphor about um, in an aircraft where if it was to depressurize, you've got to get the oxygen on you first so you can help other people breathe. And the same is true of, of joy and living a life that you love. And I was raised a Roman Catholic, you know, so uh, I've got inbuilt guilt yes. in doing the things I love and getting paid for, for the things I love. And I've, I must admit, I've given more books away than I've probably sold. I've given I've give my meditations away for free and stuff like that. And some people will say, you're crazy to you give all this stuff away. But... I know that everything I give away comes back in uh, big time as well, you know. So, uh, um, so I get that 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 helped me through my Catholic guilt phase of being an artist and an author. Um, but yeah. now I know that. Uh, in fact, I, I surprised someone the other week. I um, I just changed my hourly rate, and uh, and a, a client turned up, and uh, the day after I changed it, this client turned up and said, uh, "What's your rate?" And I told her, and she said, "Tom, you just given me the biggest favour. I've been meaning to change my hourly rate." For years and now you're charging me this amount of money i'm going to put my rates up too oh. it's, kind of, it's kind of nice isn't it yeah. yes 
Yes, that is so inspiring. So it's like taking care of yourself inspired somebody else to take care of them as well. Exactly. And I'm, and I, I, I'm too, far too cheap because an hour with me is like about three hours anyway because I've changed t- the speed of time. Oh, so, uh, yes. <laughs> that should be just about just, justification enough to charge a little bit more, shouldn't it? <laughs> you could triple your rates. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I found that um, is that if you're delivering good value, um and you instigate an energy exchange then this helps the flow i've got this course called uh, abundant thinking and um i charge 33 pounds for it and uh and i don't give any discounts because if i discount it um or use any of these fear-based techniques then the magic to generate money wouldn't work for people so you have to have the money energy exchange. And money can't be seen from space, you know, it's, it's only an energy. And this course um, shows you how to change your thoughts and transmute the thoughts in an alchemical way so that you attract just the right amount of money at the right time into your life. Oh, my word, that is really empowering and inspiring. And it sounds like it can happen in delightful ways. It's not like we have to push our way through it or make it happen control it into happening our way but again it's allowing yeah allow the for what can show allow the money to arrive that you need for the things that you want to uh, use it for which you know can be for living and buying nice holidays and that sort of stuff but uh, and when you get into this state then just about the right amount of money turns up at the right time and your credit card bills get paid in full every month and that kind of thing um, and it's just it's seeing money as an energy as opposed to a thing, not amassing it, not storing it, only using it when you need it and uh, and having things that you want to do with it, things you want to achieve with the money as well. Mm. Oh, my goodness, Tom, I'm sure that so many people are now inspired to visit your website. So please uh, let us know how to best contact you, what your website address is, and we'll also have it on the show notes page. Yeah, my website is uh, simple. It's just tomevans.co. So that's not uh, .co.uk or .com. It's just .co. Uh, you'll find the my podcast there, uh, some freebie meditations, uh, the books, the self-study courses, and also the one-to-one work that I do as well, all on the uh, on the website. Thank you. And the one-to-one work you do at the moment, is it mostly around still helping people to write their books? Is it about healing whatever is up for a person to create, to block the flow? I've actually got uh, two new programs. Uh, what I did, when I, my latest book is called uh, New Magic for a New Era, and uh, and it describes how to live this, this charmed life um, and how not to have to go to hell and back to get uh, spiritual enlightenment. And so there's a few um, self-study courses that augment the book. I mentioned that one about money, and there's one about time, there's one about karma, healing, and that kind of thing. Um, but I've got a couple of um, programs which are one-to-one intensive programs that take somebody uh, who is interested in magic and makes them uh, magical and, and, and makes people alchemists. So there's, uh, the one's called um, A Software Upgrade for the Soul, uh, which is the first step and the second step is called uh, Awaken Your Inner Magician. And uh, so I'm kind of teaching what it is I've stumbled across. Mm, that sounds magical. And I know that so many of our listeners can't wait to hop onto your uh, uh, page, And it's tomevans.co and we'll have it on this show notes page too. Tom. Very kind. 
Oh, my word, this has been inspiring. I am just so super grateful we could have this really beautiful conversation. And thank you so much for spending this time with us and all this fabulous information. That it just feel, I feel so good um, having talked about all these magical things. So thank you, Tom. It's been magnificent. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, if you want to hear more words of wisdom about making a career change mindfully or uh, sort of stumbling upon it, go to SavvySelfGrowth.com for articles, other interviews, and, of course, Tom's show notes page as well. Remember that a fulfilling career means living a happy and fulfilled life. You've been listening to the Mindful Career Transitions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For the show notes and other inspiring guests and articles on career change, be sure to visit SavvySelfGrowth.com and download your free gift while you're there. Remember, a mindful career transition is a journey that involves the wisdom of the heart.